You're listening to Inward with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Joey as he guides us through the world and major works of Kabbalah, Hasidic masters, and Jewish philosophy, shedding light on the inner life of the soul. Okay, so Bezras Hashem, we're continuing with the with where we're at in, in the Maisa maybe Tachon. And we'll just read a few pages to, to try and uh, read a few lines to try and understand a little bit more of, of what this potent, potent medicine that Rabbi Nachman gave us in everything, but in particular for me at this present moment in the Maisa maybe Tachon. But before we go further, we'll just go back just to contextualize the Misa. So we have this king who's trying to figure out if there's anybody who worries less than he does. And he finds this silent Jew in a broken down house and he asks him what he does. And this Jew explains that he can't make anything whole, but he fixes broken things. And he has the capacity to fix that which is broken. Then the king comes in and he enjoys a suda with wine and vessels and everything was a very deep experience. The next morning, the king comes along and he says, I'm going to ruin this for him, a kalkalozos. And we said to end last week's shir, or two weeks ago, the third part of the Misa. So we said that the king was not saying this capricious, you know, Kafka-esque desire to destroy in, a, in an Eov type of way, not Eov, but a Chitzonius of Eov type of way. And we said that Pashup Shad is really that the king said, okay, you have the capacity to fix broken things, to be metakin all of the kilkulim. So he says, akalkelozos, let me ruin this for him so that he can actually try and understand how deep his strength actually is. The king is not, God forbid, the king, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, before the tzimtzum, after the tzimtzum, that king who's trying to see if there's any human being who can really understand bitachon, and worry absolutely zero in this world. So the king wants to see this koach manifest. The king wants to see this Jew, this Ish Pasha, this Tzaddik, all of us, to truly understand what it means to be able to say that we have the power to be metakin kilkulim, to fix the broken things, to fix that which is broken. And um, as of late, recently, I've been associating this language of tikkun and kilkul so what Rabbi Nachman says at the end of the first volume of Lakuta Maran that imatam amin ta'amin If you believe that you have the power to destroy something, again, kilkul, this language of kilkul, then ta'amin then believe that you have the power to rectify it. So these two exact languages, it's not simple that this ish pasha, the fixer says, I can fix things. That's a koyach gavoa. And the king says, ah, Okay, so there's a person in this world who understands the capacity to fix, to fix broken things. So let's see how far he can apply his koach, because right now he's applying his koach on one level. But there are many levels for a person to be able to express their kolchos. And yes, it's a chiddush, it's a novelty for this person 
to fix broken things in this world of just caring about one day and eating one meal and coming back and being Rabba. But what happens when you lose your ability to, to find the easy street, to find that pathway where things flow? What happens when you fall away from this easy capacity to break uh, to fix broken things? You can apply it there also, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings nisyonos, brings minios, not to, God forbid, destroy the fixer's world, but to allow the fixer to express his true essence in a deeper and deeper way. Does that make sense? Meaning the koyach is there, this koyach of to fix those things which are broken. And we know what we mean when we say that. It's from Aleph to Tav, from A to Z, to fix those broken things, whether it's the brokenness in a Torah level or whether it's the brokenness uh, each and every person according to the Nakuda of their own heart and their own homes. Whatever that notion of kilkulim is, we have the koyach to be metakinet. And so the Melech says, okay, so let's see. Let's see what happens when we push back a little bit. Let's see what happens when we set preventions in front of your capacity to fix broken things the way you're used to. And let's see how much power you can truly reveal from within yourself. This is the element of Minios. Rabbi Nachman says very often, and Rabbi Nassan echoes this over and over and over, that the Minia is there, lahagdil asacheshek that the reason that preventions appear upon the path of spiritual functioning upon living life is not, God forbid, to destroy our flow state. It's not, God forbid, to destroy the calmness and the sweetness that we feel when we feel that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in our lives, when we feel we can fix all broken things. The mania is, is there to force us to move within ourselves and uncover even more to retreat back into the self in the face of the loss of what I originally thought I could do in order to reveal that I can truly do it in a deeper and more intense way. And the way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu does this is that there are gradations, there are levels in which a person experiences life through which HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs the world. So we have to do a hakdama here a little bit. And, and as much as I want to you know, just dive directly into the story, I can lose myself in it very much. And again, Bezra Sashem, I'm getting very close to um, Bezra Sashem getting close to finishing a, a it's about an 180 page perush on this Misa in Hebrew. It's based on on Ravitchemeyer's Mahalach and everything I've taken from it, but it's very much my own understanding. And it's going to be printed with Tikkun Klali in the back, and it's going to be so Bezra Sashem. It's called Slokti Yitzchak on um, on on Misa maybe Tachon. So we'll have a time to go over everything. But we have to take a pause to make a hakdama for what's about to happen. So something remarkable about this Misa is that when you're medayik in the words, you see explicitly that Rabbeinu, Rabbi Nachman, is laying out not only the most powerful psychological narrative, but also kind of the map of Hishtalshlus and the depths of Kabbalah, according to the Rashash, v'chule v'chule. And according to the, the or of the Rashash. But what happens is as follows. The king finds this Jew, first and foremost, in a situation of fixing broken things. What we're going to see as the story progresses is that as a result of the king's implementation of preventions in order to reveal the true power and koach of this yid in the face of darkness and difficulty, the king is going to bring about three different scenarios. At first, the person is going to find the ability to get his meal by cutting down trees. 
then that's going to have to stop because the king saw that it was good. Then this person is going to have to clean stables in order to fix broken things and get his meal. And then the king hears about that and stops. And then finally, this individual, this fixer, gives himself over as a soldier, which is where the whole fixing broken things of the wooden sword takes place. Those four levels, right? The fixing broken things regularly, cutting down trees, cleaning stables, and being a soldier correspond to the four worlds that HaKadosh Baruch Hu utilizes to create the sum total of what we call reality. Atsilus, Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya. There are four worlds. There's five. Anytime we ever talk about the language of four in Panimia, Satora, and Kabbalah, it's always five. Four is always five. Five is included in four, but first you have to understand four, and then only when you understand four in its totality can you then come to understand how five has always been part of four. There's a Misa brought down by the uh, by the Bnei Yisachar in in Derech um, not Derech Pekudecha, Igra de Pirka, an amazing, amazing sefer of Matel Zilberschlita gave Shiram on them. And there's a Maisa that some tzaddik, I forget who, a tzaddik of the Talmidim of the Balshemtov, was sitting in Tish, <clears throat> and he demanded of one of his closest students, who was a tzaddik in his own right, to go get some sort of honey beer, I think, some sort of mashka for the for the gathering. And the Reb, the guy says, I don't have money. So the Rebbe gives him four group, you know, whatever, coins. And... <clears throat> or tells the Gabbai to get four coins, and he goes to try and get the mead, and it's five coins, it costs five coins. And this person tries to find and beg for another coin he can't, <clears throat> until finally he returns back to the tzaddik and says, you know, I couldn't afford the, the mashka, you gave me four coins and, and they asked for five. And what the tzaddik responded is that the ikker of what it means to be a Jew is to understand how to turn four into five. So, so, so yes, there's five worlds, but for now, for our purposes, we're going to talk about the four worlds, Atzilus, Bri, Yitzir, and Asiya, because it's only the sum total of those four worlds which give us the fifth world, which is the world of Adam Kadmon, which we're going to see is the, is the purpose of the story. So there are these four worlds. Without going into what the Zohar has to say or what the Arizal has to say, Rav Dessler, Sfusio explains very clearly that these four worlds are four ways of looking at reality in one's life. Yes, they most certainly and absolutely represent ontological real realities that are present in the very fabric of reality. But as we understand from our tzaddikim, both living and dead, is that to, to be masig vizinyanim on any real type of hasaga level of what the Arizal actually meant, is a ridiculous notion, and all we have is what the Arizal told us. And so, yes, it exists, but it all exists by way of Metzius, Sheinab Metzius. It's a Metzius, but it's not a Metzius that we have any grasp of. But psychologically and internally, what the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh teaches us is that those four worlds operate within us as well. And yes, we might not be able to touch the four worlds that exist outside of us, but we can most certainly touch our own four worlds. And the miracle is that when a person encounters their own most private four worlds that live within their heart, they're mamela touching the four general worlds of reality that exist outside of a person. Like the Baal Shem Tov says that 
that someone who grasps a slight part of the whole in truth grabs the entirety of the whole because as the Rebbe Rashab writes, the part and the whole are ultimately indistinguishable because even the part is a whole. Even the four worlds within ourselves gives us direct access by way of <clears throat> the impossibility of faith, Raza Demeim Nusa, to touch those four worlds outside of us. But Bekitzer for us, for Dessler, for the Tzadikim, those four worlds represent ways of looking, ways of experiencing life, ways of contemplating reality, ways of being mitmodeid, of being present in one's life. <clears throat> now, generally, these four worlds are split into two categories. There's the world of Atsilus, and then there's the three separate worlds of Bria, Yetzira, and Asiya. So while there are a subset of four worlds, in truth, it's really broken up into two general categories. There's the world of Atsilus, which is the first world. And then there's these three worlds, which combined represents the worlds of Pirud, the worlds of separation. <clears throat> and so because Atsilus and Bria, Yetzira, and Asiya represent two separate categories of reality and how we look at reality, so Atsilus will have to be understood in itself, and Bria Yitzira Nasiya will be understood on themselves. And yes, while they might operate differently, the halachos of Bria Yitzira Nasiya are the same. They're like stamps upon one another, just imprinting a message, although less clearly it's the same identical message. The world of Atsilus is a different stamp altogether, at least Bechitzonius. It's a different stamp. There's no, there's a parsa, there's a separation between Atsilus and Bria Yitzira Nasiya. <clears throat> so the world of, As of, of Atsilus, which again in our story would be when this individual, this fixer is just fixing broken things. There's no context to it. He just finds whatever he needs immediately in front of him. No need for bitachon, just the uh, things are absolutely clear. So that's going to uh, represent the world of Atsilus. The world of Atsilus is a world of unity. It's a world of calmness, it's a world of an impossible unity that is so far beyond our capacity to comprehend, yet nevertheless, we know that we can't comprehend it, so we have a relationship with the world of Atsilas. But the world of Atsilas is a world of a unity between the inner and the outer. It's a place where my inner motivations, my own most Ratzon, my, my yechida, my recognition at the deepest part of myself that we have absolutely nothing of our own in this world and everything is HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Ein Oid Milvado and Soivev Kol Almen and there's absolutely nothing but HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the sense of Atsilus. And yes, we know that that's a, a level of thinking, but we very rarely have access to it. Perhaps we have memories or we have moments of it, but those moments end over and over, and it's very difficult to be masig, to grasp the world of Atsilus. And then the worlds of Bria, Yitzir, and Asiya, which represent the worlds of separation, Bria is going to be a little bit more difficult. Things are still clear. There's more good than bad. The good totally outweighs the bad. The bittel, the self-nullification, the openness towards Amuna certainly outweighs the tendency towards self-interest and self-consciousness and and egoisms and fears and anxieties and, and character defects, et cetera, et cetera. But they're, they're so small in relationship to the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in that place 
that they're not even considered a, a reality unto themselves. It's such the emergence of the potential of differentiation. It's the beginning of, wait a second, everything is not completely clear here. But still, things are very clear. But I'm beginning to be aware that there's perhaps duality, perhaps a way of thinking about the world differently than just self-nullification and amuna and calmness. And then the world of Yetzirah is just a little bit more distorted. It's no longer majority good and clarity and and the minority is, is darkness and concealment. Here in the world of Yetzirah, which is the second of the worlds of separation, but the third world in total, it's half-half. The, the darkness and the light are now already kind of on equal playing fields. It's already a world of Eitz Hadas Tovarah, of the tree of knowledge, good and evil. There's, there's contrasts, but still, it's a world of interiority. It's the world of Torah. It's the world of, of, of being makusher to, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Yes, I'm aware I'm separate. I'm aware that I'm a person with anxieties, but I believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu most of the time. I'm, I'm connected. And then there's the world of Asiya. <laughs> and the world of Asiya is, is now the, the final opposite, right? The world of Asiya is, is mainly bad and, and minimally good. In this world of Asiya, in this world of Asiya, it's almost impossible to remember that, that, that the overwhelming reality of all things is goodness. And that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, is present in every element of reality. In the world of Asiya, the darkness is thicker. In the world of Asiya, a person feels destitution. They feel abandoned very often in their lives by themselves, by their loved ones, by their imaginations. Obviously, it's, it's not true in the way we think it's true. But in the world of Asiya, it's a world of anxiety, it's a world of impoverishment, it's a world of malchus, it's a world of a susceptibility to death and death awareness, and it's a world of an awareness of individuality. And it's also the most, as we're going to see, the most powerful, potent expression of a Kaddish Baruch Hu's light in, 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 in possibility. But the world of Asiya is a world of nighttime, a world of Torah Shabbat Peh, of echoes, of, of tefillah, of prayer that emerges from a sense of lack within the self, tefillah li'ani kiyatov, that the prayer of the destitute individual will be accepted. The Zohar Kaddish says that's the strongest prayer. The world of Asiya is a world of darkness. And, and Agav, and not Agav, in our lives, as, as the Tzaddikim tell us over and over again, the Balatanya points this out explicitly in the 36th chapter of Tanya, but this is obviously something inherently true anytime we talk about the world of Asiya, where we are is not only the world of Asiya, but it's like the Asiya of Asiya. It's the lowest possible iteration of Asiya. It's like the last stop before like the train goes into like nowhere. You know, it's like the last possible place that we can even possibly manage to find the, the residual lights of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to give ourselves over just to grab a piece of faith. The Asiyah the Tachdis of the Tachdis, that's where HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to manifest. So these four worlds, these four jobs that the fixer is going to experience are going to correspond to those four worlds. So like we saw, the fixer, in that world of just fixing broken things where everything was clear, that was the world of Atsilos. There was no need, anything, it was like man. 
He was eating man. Anywhere he looked, he found his job. He just found broken things to fix. He didn't have to worry about anything. He knew he would have his suda. He knew he had no worries in the world. And it was davar yom biyomo, and he had it good. That was the world of Atsilas. He was able to fix broken things. And the reason the world of Atsilas is still called broken things is because it's still underneath Adam Kadmon. The world of Atsilas is only so profoundly unified vis-a-vis our conception, but in truth, there's something even above it and above it and above it. So even the world of Atsilas has to be referred to as Devarim Mikulkalim, but nevertheless, he, he lives in a space of man. Now, when the king says, I'm going to break it for him, he falls down into a world of Bria. This is a world where, again, it's very clear to him, he's still holding on to the deep awareness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence in everything, to his ability to just smoothly walk through life and find what he needs. But there's a growing sentiment that, oh boy, oh boy, it is nowhere nearly as easy as I thought it was going to be. It's nowhere easy as I thought it was going to be. There's concealment, there's shadows. So Baboker Halach, after the king had gone back to his palace and decided to asser people from to asser people from offering their broken things to be fixed. He went to find his old avoda of the world of Atsilas, where things were easy. Didn't you hear the king decreed that we can't give anybody anything to fix? As we saw, either a person has to fix it themselves or buy something new. And again, each and every one of these words, I promise you, contains sugyos upon sugyos upon sugyos of gufe Torah. Either a person has to fix it themselves or buy it new. I'm sorry. The king said, "You can't break it. You can't offer broken things." It was ra in his eyes. There was something negative in his eyes, but nevertheless, he trusted in Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So, what's most interesting to me about this? This is called Maisa Mebitachon, a tale of trust. And depending on the type of, you know, pipeline you're drawing from, they all come from the same place, but there's two ways, many colors. Each person has their own color of being Masig, the Torah of Rabbi Nachman. But there's different flavors. One is much more of an Eretisraldika flavor in the, in the greatest type of way, which sees Rabbi Nachman Mamish as saying everything we really think he's saying. It's obvious that he's saying it, but there's times where you see it in Rabbi Nachman, where it's like, Mom is clear. Yeah, Rabbi Nachman was radically speaking directly to our generation with all of our, you know, illusions and all of our skepticism. There are other times you're like, no, Rabbi Nachman is talking in the language of other tzaddikim. And, you know, you can still interpret from within that the message of Rabbi Nachman. So there's two versions. There's two kitveyad of Maisame Bitachon. This becomes very clear, obviously, in one of the, the most significant svarim is, is Sipurim Maisios Meishanim Kadmonios, the Sipurim Maisim Shal Rabbi Nachman, put out by Svimark, Rub Svimark. Svimark is a professor of sorts in, in a, I forget exactly where, but he is the, the answer to, to anything anybody has said from an academic perspective about Rabbi Nachman before him. He is the final word, my humble opinion and the opinion of Sadiqim. He's the final word. 
and he kind of redeems everything that others may have said that were true, not true, insignificant. They don't say anything that you can't find in the writings. That's for sure. You know, everything is found in the writings. You can find it directly in Rabbi Nachman, but Svimark, Rav Svimark, who is whose brothers with was Rav Miki Mark Hashem Yimkom Domo, who was a Rav in uh, in Otniel, and he's known by the tzaddikim. The tzaddikim he has a very healthy relationship and a powerful relationship, it seems, with Zikne Breslov. So he had access to a lot of Kitvayad, and there was a lot of internal censorship. It was Maharash's yard said, I believe, yesterday, Rav Shik's yesterday, the tzaddik from Yavniel. And one of his pu'ulos, one of Rav Shik's pu'ulos was to really make a decision, a hachlata, a historic hachlata, that all of those writings from Breslov that had been censored, historically speaking, for whatever reason, it was time to reveal. And that's where we find secrets about the Tikkun Klali and the story of the armor, which is associated with the Tikkun Klali, and the story of the bread, which is associated with you know, the, 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 the fires of Shavuos and Breslov, incredible, incredible things. Things about Mashiach. And so Svimark uh, compiles all of the Sipurim. It's a beautiful, royal, purple Sefer. It's Mamish, a Malchus Tika Sefer. All of Sipurim Maisios, and I know I'm going on a tangent, are an Indian and Malchus. I think. It's the world of Malchus where it's an attempt to be a Melech and you lose Malchus and it's a world of destitution. That's why it's Kedai that the Sefer of Sipurimaisios is a, a purple Sefer. You know, it's a, like an Argaman, it's a beautiful color. But there's two Kitveyad of this story. And in one Ksavyad of this story, the person, this fixer, goes out to see what he can fix. And he hears that there's this decree, and it says, Vayira ba'anav achbatach bahashem. It was bad in his eyes, but he had trust in Akadish Baruchu. In another version of the Ksavyad, it doesn't say Achbatach Bashem. It just says Vihirabeinov. It just says that um, that it was bad in his eyes. And and I think it's it's Pasha that both Girsaos are representative of the true secret of Bitachon and the Maisa, that the, the Bitachon itself that this tzaddik is going to find for us, specifically when he falls away from what was working beforehand is the secret of and not sometimes it says I have Hashem, and sometimes it doesn't say Hashem. very much like the Torah Kadosha and the Tzadikim and Chazal said about Noah that that he was one of those with um, with little faith and there's a machlokas about what it means to have little faith is little descriptive of the form of faith, or is little just the, the quantitative measure of his faith? Was it a little bit of a known faith, or was it the qualitatively different faith known as mekat ne'amuna? And, and Chazal described that it's ma'amin ve'eno ma'amin, that he believes and he doesn't believe. And that's the Indian of mekat ne'amuna. And, and that Indian of if he believes and he doesn't believe, that's not a chiz sorrow necessarily in amuna. That's a, a certain metzius in emuna. That the metzius of emuna is that a person can never quite literally stay there at every moment. You have to descend away from emuna for a second into a place of not knowing in order to renew your emuna at the next moment. Chadashim rabim, chadashim lebekarim rabba emunasecha. Every moment is a new opportunity to find more emuna. It's not chasashon falling away from emuna, but it's moving from one emuna to another emuna to another emuna. 
And so it has to be mamin ve'eno mamin. It has to be achbatach b'ashem and not achbatach b'ashem. It's rutsa v'shov b'vasachas. The secret of the bitachon that emerges in this story of how we confront difficulty is that on the one hand, it says we have faith. On the other hand, it says we don't have faith. And a person sees themselves as both in one moment or from one moment to the next. We're both a tzaddik and a baltshuva at the very same moment. And so the hira be'enav, the hira be'enav means that uh, maybe the dark is from your eyes. But the hira be'enav, this person, this, this babitachon, hira be'enav, uh, he, he started looking differently at the world. Started looking differently at the world. It's not that the circumstances of his external life informed how he felt, but they're beginning to impinge upon how he feels. Prior to, in Oilam HaAtzilas, his vision was good. It was Tov Roi. He saw only the good. Everything was an opportunity to fix broken things. The first fall into the worlds of separation is Vihira Be'enav, that we start looking differently at the world. Now, already here is the secret that nobody messes with you but you, that, that nobody has the ability to make me feel a certain way other than myself. That's always what it means to be in a world of Pirud, because we're always in Yichud. The worlds of separation are just the secret of how you experience the sense of separation within absolute unity. Person is never outside of absolute unity. So in the world of Bria, it's still a recognition, the, the fall is in my eyes. It's a way of looking at the world. Ultimately, tshuva is a way of looking at the world. Yes, there's maisa and all of the practicalities of all of it, right? And, and from aleph to tuf, ish lefi mahalalo, each person according to the conjecture of their own heart. But on a generalized sense, which doesn't negate, but rather emboldens the particular experiences of tshuva, the vision of tshuva is, here is all it is is shifting the way I look. It's looking differently. I have to learn how to look differently because in truth, the whole fall was Hira Be'enav. It was my eyes. It was my eyes the whole time. It was my way of looking. But in truth, I could have looked differently and seen that this moment is also good. I could have seen with eyes of goodness. I could have seen with eyes of Reish Pei Beis. So the fall away from Amuna is always a, a fall of a vision. It's an inner vision. But if the fall is an inner vision, then the secret is that the, the rectification is also an inner vision. It's karve al nafshigiyalai. If I believe I can break, I have to believe I can fix because the breaking is just in my mind anyway, and, and therefore the fixing is also just in my mind. So the hirabain of things became darker, he began to be more cynical about the world, or whatever that darkness in our eyes is. Ah batach bahashem. But nevertheless, he had bitachon in Akadish Baruchu. Everyone has a few more minutes, yeah? Anyone could go also, but... Bitachon, trust, is, is the crux of this whole story. The Ramban writes in Emunah and Bitachon that Emunah is the Shoresh, that Emunah is the root, faith is the root, and Bitachon is the pre. Rabbi Tachon is the outgrowth of that root, meaning to say that you can have emuna without bitachon, you can have faith 
in HaKadosh Baruch Hu in something without trusting in that thing. But you can't have bitachon without emuna. You can't have trust in something without placing belief in that thing. So bitachon is different than emuna. Famously, it's been set up as a machlokas, and on a certain level it is a machlokas, but the Rebbe, Rav Itchemeyer, and really uh, other tzaddikim as well, Rav Shlomo Fischer, Shkusi Yoganalinu has a ha'ara of this in, in Drashos Beis Yishai. But there's a, a machlokas, or an imagined machlokas, which is real and not real at the same time, between the Chazon Ish and what is B'dar Klal referred to as the Shita of the Chasidim. And in truth, I think, I haven't seen it, but I think it's also a, a direct reaction to the altar of Nevardak in Madrega Sa'adam, which has been pointed out, but it's not necessarily, the Baal Shem Tov has a, a real sheet in Bitochon, but there's no place where it's really spelled out fully. But what the Chazunish says, and this is in line with the Chovah Salavavos and Shara Bitochon, that Bitochon, Bitochon is not the trust or the assumption that things are going to be my way, that what I want is what's going to happen. Bitochon is the recognition that everything that happens is directly the Ratzon of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, directly emerging from or in Sof Kavyachol, the Atzmus Kavyachol of the Boira. The, the loftiest possible imaginable place that we can ever conceive of when it comes to thinking about my God, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But on this level of bitachon, tov and ra, good and bad, negative and positive, those are human categorizations. So the fact that it directly emerges from the infinite source of all things, from that rutzon of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, doesn't necessarily translate into the fact that we're going to feel a real relief in our lives as a result of this form of bitachon. That's the shita of the chazon ish in Amuna and bitachon in some of the most beautiful lishonos, as well as implicit in certain elements of the chovos levavos in shar bitachon. Does that sad make sense? Yeah. And. The Shita of the Hasidim, which is a Vada, the Shita of the Baal Shem Tov, but also it seems to be the Shita, I believe, of the altar of Nevardak, is that Bitachon means, Mamish, that it's going to be good the way I want it to be good, that my desired outcome is going to happen. That it's going to be, and, and obviously with all of the prerequisites of Lashma and really wanting, but no, it's Bitachon is a real tekifus, it's a strength and a, a stubborn trust in the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to fulfill my desires. If I make my desires like HaKadosh Baruch Hu's, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to fulfill my desires. So it's set up as this machlokas almost, that on the one hand there's a shita that Bitachon is more of an acceptance that everything is from God on a certain level, from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and living with that awareness. And there's another tzad that seems to say that bitachon is the recognition and the strength and the utter trust and belief that, that what I want is going to happen. 
Now, in terms of the, the Shita and Chasidus, it's all the, the Shoresh of Bitachon in the Zohar Kadosh is in Parshas, is in Parshas Vayera. In Parshas Vayera. And, and the Atarasi of Zidichov and the Tzemach Tzedek and the, the Admar Hazakin have long birim on it and perushim on it. But Ravitchemeyer points out in, numer in numerous places, in, uh, in particular in De'e Chachmal Anapshacha Shal Shudas Drasha from Parshas Vayetze Tavshin Ayin Gimel, so I believe that was 2004, that the Indian of Bitachon, and it's printed in Yam HaChachma Tavshin Ayin Dalit in the Biurim on, um, on Sipurim Maisios, that the Indian of Bitachon is the ability to believe, to have a Muna so deeply that in this moment, I mamish feel as if there's, there's nothing to ask for, as if it's a moment of yichud. It's the hargasha of tasting the future in the present. It's still a matziv of bitachon where I have to be aware I don't know anymore. I don't know if things are going to turn out the way I want them to. If they're not, I'm stuck in a world of suffix. But bitachon is the capacity to draw the certainty of the future, not the, the next moment future, but the future future, Mashiach, right? Then what the Rambam says that the Vada everybody will do tshuva and the future, the, the ultimate future and whatever manifestation of futurity it represents, the coming of Mashiach and, and the, the Hiskalus of, of Moshe Mashiach and, and the Hiskalus of, of Torah of Atikastima and the and the, the removal from exile and all of its manifestations. We, we know that that's going to happen. Intuitively, we know that. We, we've tried hard enough to, to forget about that. Bitochon is the capacity to taste that future vada'ut in the sveikos of the present moment. Bitochon is, is the capacity to, to believe in something so deeply, to have faith in something so deeply, to have amuna so deeply, that I feel it bechush right now that I can live in this moment as if everything is good. And Mamela, it becomes good. Bitchu Hashem ad. It goes all the way up. Bitochon is a koyach, b'pnimiyas hanefesh, that draws forth from a future perfection on whatever level the word perfection means anything, and forces it and drags it and melts it just enough so that it could congeal and melt into our world a sense of, of perfect calmness within the chaotic struggle. That's bitachon. It's a, it's a hamshacha of the future into the present. And the Rebbe, what the Rebbe points out is that this is the Indian of Shir Hashirim. This is the Indian of Shir Hashirim. Which a person says on Erev Shabbos, the, the most difficult time of the week, but the closest to the world of Shabbos. And when you look at Rashi, and when you look at Rashi, uh, uh, the first Rashi on Shir Hashirim, it describes that Shlomo Melech was saying Shir Hashirim, singing love songs based on a, a future knowledge of what is going to be. And so the song of Shir Hashirim itself is, yes, it's a song of longing anticipation, but it's a longing and anticipation that is satisfied in itself and comfortable in itself because it knows with certainty that the future will be revealed and that way we taste it in the present. 
And there are other Mephorshim who point out that it's like the tsar, the scream of a Yoledes on the Mishbar, the moment of birth. The moment of birthing is that scream that is both a, a, a calmness, a, a calmness at the heart of insanity. The most dangerous moment. Katnus Shebekatnus, like Chazal and the Zohar Kaddish tell us by Kriyas Yamsuf, which is the sod of, of Leda, of being born. It's what the Arizal refers to as a Yichud of Katnus. That in that place, there's, there's a, a tzapia and a foreknowledge, a taste of that which is going to be revealed in the future. And that's what Bitachon is. Bitachon is drawing down the calmness of Chachma into the toil of Bina. And what Rav does, Kedarcha Bakaydesh, and I believe what all the tzaddikim are saying implicitly when you look at each and every sefer, but so bitachon we see is, is kind of both and. It's both the shita of the chazonish, the shita of the chovas alavavos, as well as the shita of the chasidim. That BMS, the awareness that everything is from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, whether or not it's what I wanted, is in and of itself the greatest imaginable good that a person can conceive of. It comes from Hashem. It's from Hashem. I'm with Hashem. Like Rabbi Nachman says that when I'm suffering on whatever level I'm suffering, at least I can think about the fact that, you know, my suffering is Hashem whispering his suffering, so to speak, into my ear. And then I become incredibly excited by the notion that, wow, look at me, this lowly person who the king feels I'm important enough to let me know about his suffering, so to speak. So, so when we are aware that it's Ratzon Hashem, as Mamela, everything is good, whether it's what I wanted or what I didn't want. I realize that good, bad, you know, what I want, what I don't want, it's all one and the same. And that's a taste of the future and the present. We live in a world of Tov and Ra. We live in a world of, of Baruch HaTov Ametiv and Dayan Emes. We live in a world of Chaim and Mavis. But through Bitachon, we're able to say it's all the same. And as Mamela, the two Shitos and Bitachon are the same. If it's from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's exactly what I truly want. It's exactly what I want in the innermost core of myself. And as Mamela, that's the Darga of, of Bitachon. And we're going to see that this Nakuda of Bitachon grows as it gets more difficult. Because the darker it is and the more difficult it is and the more concealed it is to see how in the world you can draw Kaddish Baruch Hu's light into your life in this moment, the more radically profound and impossibly beautiful the Koach of Bitachon becomes because it's in relationship to the darkness that I have the capacity to know, remind myself that in this pain I can draw the future. I can have that Bitachon of Bitchu Hashem Ade Ad. Like the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh says, that a Kaddish Baruch Hu is not ma'anesh a person until he takes away their bitachon. And what the Baal Shem Tov says is that that's because with bitachon there is no onesh. With bitachon there is no onesh. Bitachon is the secret of bitchu Hashem ade ad, the limits, the manios, and the more we descend into it, we're going to see that the fixer's bitachon grows and we learn the radical secret, not the radical secret, but the Pashat Shad of Pimiya Satora very often, which is that it's Ratzah Kaddish Baruch Hu Liyaros Lor B'dir B'tachtonim. 
Hashem does not just want to be revealed in Atzilas. Hashem wants to be revealed in the lowest place imaginable, Ezra's Hashem. And so we'll continue. Uh, we'll continue next week. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Zusha. The audio engineer is David Kwan. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.